Today we're going to talk about the top of the funnel. And first, before we get started, who's on the throne right now? Leah. I have Jesus on my throne. Jesus is on the throne. Yay. No, let's consciously just pray, start this out. Because if Christ isn't on the throne, we're not going to be reaching this campus or anyone else. You know, because nobody needs more Nate. Nobody needs more Brandon. Right? God saved us from Nate and Brandon ourselves, Ashley. As awesome as you are, God had to save you from yourself. And so let's pray and just get Christ on the throne and uh, start from there. Who wants to pray? Jake, do you want to just pray and conscious and ask God to be on the throne of each of our hearts and honor right now? Yeah, absolutely. Sweet you. Uh, God, I just thank you so much for this time. Lord, just come and uh, just, uh, you know, learn uh, what we can do, uh, how we can be really intentional and effective in the way that we uh, interact with people. Uh, God, I just pray that uh, all our actions, the intentional actions, God, I just pray that uh, it would in zero way be about us, uh, about giving us a good feeling, uh, or just uh, making us uh, feel like we've, uh, we've accomplished something. God, I just pray that you would be on the throne in all situations, uh, through all time, um, that you would get all the glory, uh, that uh, none would be given to us, God. Uh, Jesus, I just pray for this time uh, that we would learn uh, to keep you on the throne as you are, as we study. Amen. Amen. Okay, so what was the top of the funnel last week? We have the funnel. What's on the top there? Meet people. Meet people. Alright. Meet. Why in the world would you want to meet people? How? So share the good news. Well, yeah, I mean... <laughs> Have you ever had a good evangelistic conversation with somebody that you didn't meet? Well, maybe with the internet that's possible. We'll kind of mention that in a minute. But for the most part, that's not how most ministries work. Okay? And, and you're not going to have real growth with people that you're discipling if you don't meet them first, right? There is some relationship that has to happen there. All right. And just to clarify, we're going to just go through this before we go further, because I think it will be good to keep getting this in your mind. What happens after meeting people? Share the good news. Share. Okay, and then we get four responses, right? And then we're going to follow up, right? Okay, and what happens after the follow-up process, guys? Or during? Discipleship, what else? Bible studies. Bible studies in small groups. Okay, and it goes on and on. So we're going to be talking about a lot of that this semester, but today... We're going to go back to the fundamental, and it all starts with meeting people. Okay, now meeting people is kind of instrumental and important in a lot of things. For example, life, right? If you never met people, what would you be called? A hermit, right? A loner. Uh, people would probably be scared of you. Uh, what if you never met anybody? What kind of friendships might you have? None. Non-existent. <laughs> what kind of a spouse would you find? Not An imaginary one. <laughs> All right. That'd be about it. And uh, what kind of job would you have? Probably not much of a job. What kind of a ministry would you have? Not. Virtually none. All right. So this issue is important to ministry, but it's important to every other aspect of your life. So I think it'll be really good. Now I wanted to start by talking about our vertical and horizontal relationship. Okay, that might sound kind of long and weird, but here is uh, Jack. Here's Jack. Hi, Jack. What's up? What's up? Okay, now Jack has some different kinds of relationships going on in his life. First of all, he has 
a relationship between him and God. And it goes two ways, right? It doesn't just go one way. It's an old Campus Crusade for Christ diagram. But what would we call God speaking to Jack? What's a great way that Jack can hear what God has to say on a daily basis? What's that? You can yell it out. The Word. God's Word, right? Bible. Okay, and what happens when Jack talks back to God? Prayer. Prayer, right. Okay, that's pretty good. You guys are on track. And now, what kind of, uh, what would we call it when Jack spends time with other Christians? You can yell those things out, Ashley. Ashley's so smart, and she's also so humble, so she doesn't want everybody to know how smart she is. Fellowship. Okay, now what happens over here, right? Jack, when he talks to somebody that is a non-Christian, what do we call that? What is one word? I mean, he could obviously say, hello, hi, how are you doing? But when he's sharing Christ with them, we would call that? Evangelism. Evangelism. So that is another word here. Obviously, there's a lot more to it than just that. But that's kind of a simple way to think about it. Now, what happens if this vertical relationship is not going well? Let's say the fellowship is really bad. How is Jack going to be treating his roommates? Brandon, be quiet on this one. <laughs> don't have to reveal any, any secret details. What do you think, Jake? Um, well, it's going to be a direct reflection. Yeah. He's going to treat him bad. He's probably not going to love him. He's going to be easily frustrated. Yeah. I can tell you honestly, in marriage, you'll find this to be true. On days when I don't have a quiet time, I am snappy and short and not super awesome and Christ-like to Aaron. And she's the same. But when we do, when we are connecting with God, the fruit of the Spirit is coming through in our marriage, and it's really solid. Does that make sense? This, happened, this isn't just theory. This is practical and real. Now, what happens when Jack's fellowship with God is hindered, how does that affect how he reaches out to non-Christians over here? Same way, Same way right? He's not going to be taking the initiative. He's not going to be showing them Christ's love. He's probably going to be coming up with excuses and a lot of rationalization and reasons he doesn't need to do that. So, starting this whole issue out about meeting people, I think it's important that we're fellowshipping with God first and foremost before we go any further. Because he's the one who's going to be living through us to make us the kind of person that anybody would even want to hang out with in the first place, right? And so, and we'll get more to that in a minute. So meeting people is super vital. We talk about the four sound barriers. Anybody remember what they are in evangelism and other crusade concepts? What are the four sound barriers, Leah? Um, so introduction, so getting into conversation. Uh, meeting somebody and getting into a conversation. Transitioning into spiritual conversation. Spiritual conversation. And then sharing the gospel and giving, how do you say, like giving them a chance to make a choice. Yeah, to make her, to, to respond. Okay, those are four sound barriers, and we mean that at each of those areas, sound has to come out of your mouth, and it's awkward, it might feel weird. And so today we're going to talk about basically the first two, and this isn't to talk about the sound barriers. But meeting people and learning how to get into a conversation will get you really far in life, and it will also get you really far in friendships and your career and your ministry and all these other areas. And specifically, it's going to make you really good at sharing Christ with the world, which is coincidentally what we're going to talk about next week. And it'll be super awesome. We're going to go through some great ideas and great ways 
that you could share Christ in any conversation. So it'll be good. The resources today come from all sorts of different places, and a lot of years, both in my personal ministry, but also in people like Russ's ministry, and people that trained Russ. So a lot of this is just funneled down to us. So I wanted to start out by saying there are 10 things you can't forget about meeting people and starting a conversation. Okay, these are important. Number one is you want to make sure to focus on yourself. Okay? No? Who doesn't want to hear more about you? Next, be someone that you are not. Try to put off a false image. Uh, the sky's the limit. You can think of anything. Be creative. Be strange and awkward. It will make you memorable. Right? Okay? Um, be picky. Prejudice is always a good way to make friends. Right? Haven't you found that to be true, Malcolm? Not really? Be quiet and antisocial. Stare at the other person as you inch closer and closer and closer and closer to them. That one works. That one works. <laughs> okay. Um, laugh at their pain, especially if they're like wearing their heart to you. Just chuckle a little bit. It'll make them feel special. Uh, either talk as fast as you can or save time for awkward silences. You know those awkward silences? Well, you only think they're awkward. Other people don't. They're really sweet. Uh, ask them about their medical conditions and never talk to them again. I mean, once you're through with the conversation, check it off the list and you're moving, right? No, that's not the way to start conversations. But we're going to talk about 10 things not to forget. Did you actually write all those down? <laughs> okay, now you've got to forget those. And we'll actually go through the, the real idea here. The real idea is, number one, don't focus on yourself. As cool as you are, Brandon, try to not focus on yourself. Uh, focus on the other person. Don't dominate the conversation or pressure them. You really want to give them freedom to, to be a part of this conversation. And if you sense that they're uncomfortable, let them go. Sometimes we can almost dominate the conversation. That's not what we want to do. It, even in evangelism, guys, if somebody is really wanting to leave, there was a guy, a friend of mine and I were down on Main Street sharing this summer, and this lady's like pushing her cart. She had a cart full of towels, and he kept trying to share with her and share with her, and he was like kind of getting in front of the cart and getting in front of the cart. And finally I said, I, I think she has to go to work. <laughs> we don't want to get her fired. So I just asked the lady, do you need to go to work? She's like, yes, I'm in, I'm in a big hurry. So we let her go. If you send somebody's, you know, awkward or something like that, give them some freedom to leave. Okay, check this out, guys. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Alright? So, that sounds kind of selfless, right? Don't focus on yourself when you're getting to know somebody new. Really focus on them. Okay? Ask tons of questions. Try to remember their answers. Ask more questions based on their answers to really get to know them. And we'll talk more about asking questions in a minute, but principle number one, don't focus on yourself. So I'll write that right here. Don't focus on self. Okay? Principle number two is don't be who you aren't. Okay? That is important. A lot of times when we're meeting somebody, you might be tempted, just because of insecurities or fears, to, to try and um, kind of shine up your presentation of who you really are. Be super honest. Just be yourself. And this is what's so cool. Remember 2 Corinthians 5.17? 
It says that if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation, right? It says old is past and everything is made new. Now this is the deal. The person that you are is beautiful because of Christ. And that needs to shine through to somebody that you're meeting. So be careful to be who you really are and to be very vulnerable with them appropriately. We'll talk about being appropriate in a minute. But not to convey some I'm always perfect kind of facade to, the, to this new person you're meeting. Be real. Be yourself. All right? And be at ease. If you're at ease and if you're comfortable with who you are, it's going to set them at ease too. Does that make sense? Um, if you're confident, it's going to make the whole conversation go smoothly. And if you don't feel confident in, in new conversations, keep practicing. Because practice and practice and practice will make you more confident in these conversations. And it, again, guys, in evangelism, this is totally the case. The more confident you are sharing, the less awkward it will be for the people that you're sharing with. That's always the case. Now, with this whole being yourself uh, issue, I want to say that Facebook and texting are not authentic relationships. They are a valuable tool. <laughs> they are important. They do serve a, a role, and they have a, a vital place in society. But we got to go past that. Uh, so no breaking up with text messages. No avoiding hard conversations, because <laughs> bad time to say dang it <laughs> when you're sitting next to your girlfriend. If you ask to talk tonight, just say no. Avoid the conversation. Okay, I want to make a note though. There is a place for using the internet to reach people for Christ. Uh, so blog, you should all blog. <coughs> Start blogging. Start sharing Christ on your networks, like your Facebook profile, Twitter, whatever it is. Including, not only that, don't be weird. Well, you know, be, be yourself. But at the same time, let people know who you really are. Right? Let people know who you really are. And here's another thing. You could be an online missionary. Did you know that? It's pretty cool. You could go to, you could write this down, globalmediaoutreach.com. Globalmediaoutreach.com. Slash online underscore missionary. I could read your writing. I'm just kidding. I couldn't. .html. Globalmediaoutreach.com slash online missionary.html. Online underscore missionary.html. If you log on there, guys, they will connect you with people all around the world that have questions about Jesus. And you can share with them answers just from your own walk. It's pretty cool. You don't have to know everything at all. It's just you get to be a person talking to somebody who has genuine questions. You could also do omegle.com, but be careful. People can use it in crass ways. Uh, so use the text option for sure. I've only done it twice, and both times they dropped me pretty quick when I brought up Christ. But Austin will do it sometimes, and it's a neat tool. It's omegle.com. And it's just a way where you get on, and they will instantly connect you with a stranger somewhere in the world. And you can actually practice going through those sound barriers with this random person that they just put you on with, transitioning the gospel. It's a neat tool. Okay, so use the internet, but that doesn't take the place of real relationships. Okay, when you meet someone, don't be strange or awkward, all right? Smile and be friendly, right? So, don't, but don't be strange. That's pretty simple. Don't be strange. Galatians 5.22 talks about what should come out of us towards this new person. Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those make great friends, don't they? Don't you want to hang out with people that are peaceful and gentle and loving and kind and faithful? That's the kind of friends I want. 
And I promise you, if you're meeting new people and you're exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit, they're going to want to keep hanging out with you. Because they don't see that very often. They see the opposite of that. They see selfishness, pride, arrogance, slander, right? And so if we cannot be strange and awkward, but instead be full of the fruit of the Spirit and the way we treat other people, that will go a long way to, to meeting new people and showing them Christ through our lives. All right, don't play favoritism or set standards about who you're going to, um, about who you're going to be willing to meet. Don't favorites and say or something like that. Okay. But James 2, 1 through 4 puts it this way. It says, my brothers, as believers in our Lord Jesus Christ, in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, don't show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in shabby clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand there, sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? That's not what we want to do, guys. We want to look at every single person that we could cross paths with, regardless of their differences, as a person made in the image of God and relate to them that way without setting them up against these standards and saying, I don't feel like meeting with that person. They look different than me or they act different than me or they have a different background than I do. So meet with everybody. Don't settle into cliques. In our group and, and Connect, we can't settle into cliques. We can't just race off to meet with our friends and, and then leave it at that. We've got to be friendly and showing Christ to everybody that we get to meet. Okay, and get to know anyone and everyone regardless of any differences. That's key. Okay, number five, don't be a quiet antisocial loner. Don't be a loner. Okay, I'm going to try and go fast because we're a little bit behind here. Uh, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says to keep meeting together not to, to pull ourselves aside and do our own thing. You can get good at being relatable, all right? Even if you weren't born a naturally relatable person or an outgoing person or an extrovert, even if you weren't born that way, you can become very good at being that way. And there are tons of examples of that. It involves just learning some of the principles that we're talking about today about how to be a friendly person, how to reach out to people. Don't stare or invade. Stare or invade. Okay, respect people's boundaries. Respect their their um their personal space. Respect them. Don't inch closer and closer and closer. Have you ever had somebody do that? I think I did that to Brandon yesterday at church. I like leaned over to whisper something, and Brandon kind of like went back like that. And I felt like, gosh, dude, I don't want to. I just want to. You know what I mean? We want to make sure that that we're not invading people's personal space. Does that make sense? Actually, the same friend this summer, he was sharing with people, he's getting like this far away from them and almost yelling in their face. He's from a different country. Some of you know him. He's in a closed country, so I won't say his name. But I, I pulled him aside and I said, you know, in other countries that's fine. I grew up in countries where that's the norm. But in America, that's not the case. People have a little bit of a, a personal space. So be respectful of that, right? Uh, be respectful of that. Don't laugh. At, at people, awkward situations, or topics, right? Stay positive and show sympathy. So don't, I'm just going to summarize by saying don't laugh. This is really good. Romans 12, uh, verse 15 says, Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Be appropriate when you respond to what they're telling you when you first meet them. Okay? Respond appropriately. Don't be awkward about it. Don't be wordy or peculiarly silent. Awkward silences are a no. 
Don't just fill the time with meaningless words. Don't just be wordy for no reason. Don't talk too much, but do talk, okay? Keep the conversation flowing naturally. And here's a big point. Don't hijack the conversation. Have you ever done this? I, I've done this. Oh, so have I. Da, 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 da. Here's my 19 minutes about it. Yeah, I did this too. Oh, da, 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 da. here are my 19 minutes. Um, with new people, we need to try to not hijack the conversation. We want it to be about them, not about us. All right? So listen. And guys, learn to be good listeners. Don't get too deep right off the bat. Don't go too deep. What do we always say about that? Too too much, too soon, too bad, too little, too late, so sad. Russ came up with that. Pretty creative. A little cheesy, but it, it makes a lot of sense, right? Don't go too deep too fast, right? Respect where they're at. Keep it appropriate. Keep the conversation normal as much as you can. And then uh, number nine is, oh, wait, 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 wait. I didn't write number eight. Sorry, guys. Don't be wordy. And I'm going to put nine. We just talked about that. Or silent. Wordy or silent. Okay, here's the tenth one. This is the last one of those, and then we'll we'll move into this this awesome next part about how to reach out to new people. Uh, don't end there, you guys. Once you meet somebody and actually apply some of these principles and have a good conversation with them, don't stop there. Right? This is just the beginning of a relationship. Keep showing them friendliness. Invite them to something that we're doing or you're doing. Like Malcolm, when he met you, Jack, how long did it take him to invite you rock climbing? About an hour, maybe, <laughs> right? Probably pretty quickly he invited you to something like that. Or a lot of you new guys. Didn't Josh, didn't he invite you almost like the first day he met you? See, Malcolm was just applying some good principles of meeting new people. What you're doing is all, you're just, in, you're continuing the relationship, so it doesn't end there. Get their contact info. Look them up on Facebook, get their cell phone number, do something so that you can stay in touch afterwards. All right, okay, that being said, so don't end there. There. Okay, that being said, there are three different areas of outreach, and I think that meeting new people is important in each of these three areas. Okay, do you guys remember what they are, the three modes of evangelism we call them? Another crusade concept. Take your own personal. Okay. That'd be the natural. Then. Uh, large group. Yeah, body. Body. Uh huh. Body witness. What else? Ministry. Ministry. Yeah. So the body outreach is basically when you invite somebody to a big event like church or connect or something like that. You got it. And so you're inviting them to something where they can actually see the body of Christ being the, the body of Christ. Jesus said that they would know that we're his by the love that we have for each other. So the body witness is just bringing them into that. The, the natural is just kind of sharing in the course of a, of a natural relationship. And then the ministry is actually where you're going out, taking the initiative to meet new people and share the gospel with them. Each one of these areas requires that we learn how to meet people, and they're all good. So if you're running a ministry, sometime I imagine all of you in here, whether it's here at school or somewhere else, will be running some type of a ministry, whether it's just a Bible study or a full-fledged ministry. All right? Now, the, the issue is if you quit meeting people, your ministry is dead. Got that? If you quit meeting new people, constantly meeting new people, your ministry is completely dead. And you have to meet people outside your facility. 
A lot of churches expect people to come to them. They don't go out and meet people where they're at and connect with them where they're at. We can't do that. So put that away. When you're running a ministry at some point or leading a ministry at some point, whatever type of ministry that is, meet new people. Otherwise, you die as a ministry. And if you're in a ministry, get this, whether you're a leader or there for the first time, at any event you happen to be at, make it a point to meet new people. All right? A lot of you guys have been involved with Connect for a long time. I would expect you to be looking like crazy for new people every week. Who's new? I want to go talk to this person. I want to go meet this person. I want them to feel really special. And if you're coming for the first time, like, okay, show you've been a few times, but in the future, I'm saying, if you were to go to a meeting like that for the first time, as a mature Christian, take the initiative to meet new people also, all right? So whatever end you happen to be on with ministries, take the initiative to meet new people. And get this, meet people every single time you go. At Connect, guys, we need to be meeting people always. And we need to be focused on, in every event we do, we need to be focusing on reaching new people. And even if this is your freshman year here, Jake, you haven't been here long, you can still be playing a big role in meeting new people and reaching out to them. Because there's no hierarchy. Jack's been here a year longer. So he has to, but you don't. <laughs> okay? This is a team, and we're all reaching out together. People make up their mind about you, it's set, in the first 90 seconds. Isn't that crazy? So if somebody walks in and none of us say hi to them for 90 seconds and we're not kind and nice and friendly and smiling, they're out of here, all right? Okay, and then here's the next big thing. Invite people to different things. When we do meet them, this is talking about the ministry witness again. Invite people to ministry events, the body witness. Okay, invite people to church, invite them to connect, invite them to Bible studies, retreats, and other things. Here are some notes too on inviting. I wanted to hit this because it's important. Help people work through excuses, right? You guys are going to say, hey, there's a big retreat coming up. Ooh, I don't know if I can go to that. Why not? Why can't you do that? Uh, I have a paper due. That's good. You're in school. You should do it. Be responsible and all that. But is there any way you could do it before the retreat? Or maybe you could even bring it to the retreat. And you know what? I have some homework, too. We could sit down together that afternoon. We could both do our homework at the retreat, right? Help people work through their excuses. 80% of life decisions are made at retreats. That's huge. If we can get people to come to retreats, it's not just so that we can say, we had 80 students at a retreat. We're so awesome. That's not the point. The point is to get people there so they can connect with God and so that God can do the work that he wants in them. So help them work through their excuses and help them work through obstacles. Maybe somebody's going to say, you know what? I don't have money to go to a retreat. Gosh, well, I could loan you five bucks or I could give you five bucks. I could give you 17 bucks. Retreats cost 17, usually for all the new people. Aaron and I will always do that. If somebody doesn't have the money, we're going to pay for them, you know, if they talk to us. So help them work through excuses and obstacles when you invite them to things. And then here's the biggest way that you can invite people. Go with them. Actually show up at their dorm or at their house and say, hey, can I pick you, or call them first. Can I pick you up in 15 minutes? Can I come by and grab you? And we'll go together. Because a lot of times people just feel awkward going alone. And they need somebody to go with them. All right? Okay, so that's actually a lot of the, the body area of things, inviting them to the body and all that stuff. Now we're going to go to ministry, actually. The intentional ministry outreach. How to meet people that way. And I'm just going to list off a few things most of you are uh, comfortable with. We can do surveys. You know those cheesy little 30-second surveys? We met you doing those. Did we meet you doing those? Those little spiritual interest surveys? We met Josh doing those. I actually met Josh doing a little spiritual interest survey. My wife said, go ask that guy on the other side of campus. 
and well, it wasn't the other side of campus. It was pretty far away though. And I did not want to. I felt awkward. So finally I went up and I said, Josh, I'm doing a spiritual entrance survey. And he said, are you with me? I've been looking for you guys. And then you now we're friends with Josh. So surveys are a way to meet people. And it's not awkward. It's not like you're walking up and saying, uh, hi. <laughs> okay. I probably been, would have been weird, right, if I just walked up to you on the other side of campus. There was a reason for me to meet you. I have a survey, and I want your opinion on it. Okay? You can use tools. Here's a great tool. We call it the solarium. It is a wonderful tool, either one-on-one -on -one or in a ministry setting, like at a table in the cup. Probably we saw some of you guys there doing that in the, in the union building, first week of school. Events. We can do big events where we can meet people. We're doing one of those this week. Every month, we're going to try and do one Seeker Connect. Okay? The whole point of this Connect is not for the Christians to get fed, quote unquote, but it's for us to actually connect with new people. So I would encourage each of you, and that will be the challenge when I close in a few minutes here, to invite somebody new to connect tomorrow. It's going to be pizza. We're going to have you and Aaron doing your testimonies, just real short, like a three-minute testimony. We're gonna, I'm going to talk for about five minutes about who Jesus is and why we would want to trust him anyway. That's all it's going to be. We're not going to have any music. We're not going to have a talk. It'll just be a few different things. The whole point being, somebody that's not a Christian could come, hear 10, 15 minutes of stuff, eat some pizza. We're going to have a lot of kind of like not cheesy games. And then they could just meet you guys and just talk and, and find out Christians aren't so weird. And holy cow, Shelby's in one of my classes, and she loves Jesus. That's so cool, you know? It'll provide an atmosphere for new people to connect without feeling like they're getting thrust into a Christian environment ahead of where they're at, right? So tomorrow's going to be a great place. So do events like that. Food is always a great way to meet new people, isn't it? Remember the guys' Bible study last semester where we just grew up brats and invited people that walked by? We met tons of people. And then fun. Christians should have more fun than anyone, right? If we're not having more fun, I mean, we've got the God of the universe living inside of us. We should be fearless. We should be joyful. We should take lots of risks, <laughs> appropriate risks, and have tons of adventures because we have him, the, the person that invented adventure himself living inside of us. We should have more fun than anyone. That's contagious, too. When you go rock climbing, a lot of people want to come with you. When I, when I go snowboarding, people want to come with me. Christian or not, they want to go snowboarding. Right? Okay, now the natural aspect of outreach. How do we meet people on a natural level? First of all, again, the fruit of the Spirit makes the best context for friendships. Going back to this diagram, we have to be connecting with God. We have to be consciously filled with His Spirit so that people are getting the fruit of the Spirit through our lives. Right? Now, those ten things that we say you can't forget, don't focus on self, don't be who you aren't. Don't be strange, don't, be, don't play favorites, don't be a loner, don't stare or invade, don't laugh at them, don't go too deep, don't be wordy or silent, and don't end the relationship there. Those ten things, apply them on a one-on-one on -one -on -one basis, on a, daily, on a daily basis, right? Um, be genuinely loving, accepting, and friendly, right? There are people on this campus that aren't coming from the same perspective, okay? Just an example, we talked about the abortion debate a little bit before this class there are, there's a feminist club on this campus. I would venture to guess that they would probably be on the opposite end of the political spectrum from us on that issue. You know what? Does that mean I shouldn't be friendly and accepting and loving to them? No. I should be totally friendly and accepting and loving in such a way that I can show them Christ through my life and the way I treat them. Now, here's another big principle on a, on a personal basis. Always meet friends of friends. Most of you guys, if you come through the, the cafeteria, 
and I'm sitting there and you're with a friend that I don't know, I'm going to say, hey, what's your name? It's a super always easy way to meet a new person if a friend that you're with has somebody you don't know with them, right? And we've ended up getting to share Christ with a lot of friends of friends. And a lot of those friends of friends ended up becoming Christians. Some of those friends of friends are now missionaries all over the world. So always, always, always do your best to meet the friends of friends. And if you have a friend with you, introduce your friend to everybody that you see, especially all your Christian friends. All right, it's like a little hot potato game, right? Especially do this at Connect. Okay, Brandon, I meet somebody new. I'm going to walk up to Brandon and say, Brandon, I really want you to meet Joe over here. Have you ever met Joe? No, I haven't met Joe. Okay, so now you guys start chatting. You chat for a while. And then, Brandon, you turn out, Josh, oh, Joe, i got to introduce you to my friend Josh. See, what you're doing right away is you're helping this guy Joe feel super comfortable in the group. He's starting to meet lots of people. He doesn't just feel like he's an outsider now, but he actually knows people, and he really feels like they genuinely accept him. All right, now here's an acronym you have to remember before we leave. <clears throat> it's called REACH. And I've been thinking about it for a few months, but it's finally... Uh, finally ready to go today. I sat down this afternoon and hammered out all the letters to make sure that they're right. And it's really a cool way. You could apply this anytime, sitting alone, anywhere. So if you're just sitting somewhere and you go, man, there's a guy over there. I really want to share Christ with this guy. How would I meet this person? We'll start going through this little acronym. Go through the, the five letters. I messed that up before. Go through the five letters and apply each one. And I'm pretty sure you're going to have no problem getting to know this person. So R stands for, write this down, relate. Okay? Relate. Smile. How awesome is it when you see somebody smile at you? Ashley's always smiling. It always makes my day awesome. Uh, compliment somebody. You can compliment somebody out of the blue, right? I was just going to say I read a quote that said the smile is the shortest distance between two people. That is awesome. The smile is the shortest distance between two people. Could have been right here today under the relate, uh, under this part of the acronym. Wow, five minutes. Okay, we'll get this done. Smile, compliment them. You can easily say something complimentary to this person, even the first time you meet them. Be appropriate. Uh, you know, maybe don't compliment them in a way that could be taken wrong, especially for all us guys. <laughs> you look awesome. <laughs> you're, you're beautiful. What's that? Yeah, tell some woman you're beautiful. <laughs> be weird. I have to tell you a story, though. This pastor that influenced my life a lot, he died last summer, Pastor Norm Schultz. I love this man. Gosh, I was just driving the other day, and I just say, I just say, God, I love Norm. Thank you so much that that man got to invest in my life, you know? And make me more like Norm. I want to invest in people's lives just like Norm invested in mine. But I was hanging out with him about six years ago. He was in his 80s. And we're walking through Walmart. In Bentonville, where Walmart's from by the way. And just a story though, and he grabs this lady, she's, he grabs her by the arm, she's at the flowers, and he, not in a mean way, but he gently grabs her hand, and he grabs a different bouquet and hands her that bouquet, and he goes, you should really get this one. She, and he said, or the woman said, why, why would I do that? And he said, that way if the people that you're buying it for don't like it, you could say some weird old man picked them out. Uh. And, and the lady just busts up laughing, you know. And then he goes, no, he goes, seriously, I want you to know you're beautiful, and Jesus loves you dearly. I mean, this lady's like sitting there speechless, you know? So that was a good example of a, an appropriate compliment, even though some of us couldn't get away with it. Uh, here's another way to relate. <laughs> here's another way to relate. Wave. 
or nod. Remember, Brian, are you going to do that thing with your eyebrow? Uh, maybe you can do more than that. Introduce yourself, right? You could actually introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Jake. What's your name? Sounds awkward, but the second it's out, it's not a problem. And the longer you wait, the harder it gets. So relate. Smile, compliment, wait, introduce yourself. Uh, number two, environment. E stands for environment. Not talking about global warming either. Get out of your comfort zones, right? Get into an environment where you don't already know everybody, okay? Because that's probably where you're going to meet new people. Plug into or start a group where you'll be forced to meet new people. That could be a sport, a class, a Bible study, a ministry of some sort, or a ministry event. But put yourself in situations where you're going to be forced to meet new people. You could do that all over here at Fort Lewis College. <coughs> and then another aspect of environment... Look for conversation starters around you, wherever you happen to be. Okay? You could begin a conversation based on the other person's clothing or possessions. Here's an example. They're wearing an Alaska t-shirt, and you've been to Alaska. You could really easily say, hey, where were you in Alaska? Just out of curiosity, I was there last year. Or, Jack, I'm from there. <laughs> where were you in Alaska? Does that make sense? So look at somebody and see if there's anything on their person that would be relatable, that you could start a conversation based on that. Uh, or where did you get those shoes? Or where did you get that purse? Or where chocos all the chocos. time. Sweet, yeah. That's a super non-awkward way to meet somebody new. Okay, number two, you could begin a conversation based on something from your surroundings. Not just the environment, but let's say you're at a restaurant in particular. You could say, um, you could say something like, What's your, what, what would you suggest I get on the menu? Okay, and we'll get to a question like that in just a minute. Or let's say your surroundings happen to be a line that you're in with 30 people in it. You can say, this is quite a line, isn't it? <laughs> how, long, how long have you been waiting? I just got here. Right? That's kind of funny. You're going to get a laugh. But you just met somebody. I got to share Christ in line at the post office a couple, eh, right before school started, for like 20 minutes. It was a long line. And the lady, it was me and then this guy and then a lady behind that guy. And that lady, I kind of recognized her, but I didn't know. Every time like our eyes met like with him in the middle, she would go, She's like, she's like trying to tell me that she's praying for me, and I'm just pretending like she's not there talking to this guy. And we get to the end, she pulls me aside. She's like, great job, great job. She goes, I heard you speak on evangelism at the church. That was so awesome. You know? I thought, holy cow, this girl heard me speak. Thank God she got to see that it's a lifestyle and it's not fake. That's something I was talking about, you know? All right, so uh, your surroundings. You could say something like, ah, quite a line, right? Or, where did you get those, this? Or, this is a beautiful new building, isn't it? Right? Where are the new what do you think of the new union building? Okay, you could begin a conversation based on something in the media. What do you think about that gulf well and, or, you know, that oil well in the gulf that exploded? Thank God they got it capped finally. Or, what do you think about Iran releasing this woman hyper? Do you think she was really a spy? Or, what do you think about peace in the Middle East? You could use something in the news or media, and it would be a pretty non-awkward way to start a conversation. You're asking their opinion. Not a bad deal. Uh, finally, you could be, begin a conversation based on a shared circumstance. So maybe you're both in some similar situation. You're both waiting in line at the financial aid place, and you could talk about, hey, how's your financial aid coming through? You guys have some of those experiences going on. So maybe a shared circumstance would be an opportunity to start a conversation and meet somebody. Okay, A is ask questions, okay? And I'm really going to go fast now because we're almost done. We've got like one minute. I'll probably go a couple over. Anyway, Gregory Kokel said, never make a statement when a question will do. 
That's good. Never make a statement when a question will do. People rarely sense that others genuinely want to know about them. Isn't that true? How often do you feel like somebody is really interested in what's going on in your life? Gosh, not often, huh? It's, we might have a couple people that actually treat us that way. I, I want to get better at that, don't you guys? At listening to people and genuinely wanting to draw them out. Being genuinely interested in what's going on. So when you meet somebody, ask questions and be genuinely interested in the person. Ask lots of questions. Keep it appropriate. Again, like we joked about at the beginning, don't ask about their medical conditions. Uh, there used to be a guy here, some of you might remember, he had just, his hands were inflated and rough and like sandpaper and really red all the time. I mean, it looked really kind of awkward. I was scared to death to shake his hand. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was pretty weird. And uh, But I'd shake his hand every time, and I definitely never asked him about it. What's wrong with your hands, dude? That probably would have been a weird way to start a, a friendship. But it turned out it was just some allergy or something like that. It wasn't contagious. It wasn't weird. But don't ask those questions, right? <laughs> ask lots of questions, appropriate questions. Listen to their answers, and then try to ask follow-up questions based on their answers, right? Like. Why'd you come to Fort Lewis? I came for the Adventure Education Program. Really, why do you like the Adventure Education Program? I like rock climbing. That's cool, so how long have you rock climbed? See, you can just keep asking questions based on their answers, and you're kind of drawing out more and more of the person each time you ask one of those follow-up questions. And probably they're gonna feel more and more and more each question, like you genuinely care. And that, again, is something that we want to do. Not focus on ourselves, but focus on them. Ask open-ended, conversation-prompting questions. Does that make sense? Don't ask questions, or try not to ask questions that would have a yes or no answer. Here's an example. You could say, is the food good here? Yes. No. See, the conversation is ended right as soon as you ask that question, uh, or at least it's stunted. You could say, you could reword it better by saying, what's the best thing on the menu? Does that make sense? Oh, it's the mac and cheese. Well, why do you say that? Oh, it's so good. They have real cheese. I don't know, right? You're, start, you're causing the conversation to keep going by asking an open-ended question that's going to have a, an answer that continues the conversation. You could say, where are you from, instead of are you from here, right? Are you from here? No. And it's right. Where are you from? Wisconsin. Oh, do you like or hate Brett Favre? I always ask that to people from Wisconsin when I meet them. They all hate them. Anyway, <laughs> ask about their interests, hobbies, goals, background, pursuits, and other things like that. Really get to know this person. And ask and listen. This is a big thing. As you ask questions, <coughs> excuse me, keep on listening. Now finally, or almost finally, communicate. This is all about talking. Apply those top ten things not to forget. Uh, keep a good conversation flowing naturally and comfortably by uh, talking about their interests, asking good follow-up questions, again, staying positive, don't be negative, don't be weird, don't be harsh, don't be condescending, stay positive, right? Build bridges and establish common ground, but keep the focus off you. So here's an example. There's this guy, Josh, who's usually right here every week, right? The first night I met Josh, a different Josh than you, the first time I met Josh was at Connect, and he said, I grew up a missionary kid. I said, that's interesting. I did too. Where were you a missionary? I didn't want to just instantly say, I did too. I was in this country, and I was in that country. You know, that would have been hijacking the conversation and pulling it to myself. But I said, where about you? Where, are you? where were you a missionary? He goes, Columbia. <laughs> I 
said, that's coincidental. I was there for a year as a missionary kid. What city? Bogota. That's where I lived. Right? We had a lot of commonalities. But then I said, was that where you spent your whole time as a missionary? Or did you go to other places? And then it all went off from there. I never even got to tell him what kind of ministry we did there, I don't think. Because I wanted the conversation to be about him. But I also wanted to build bridges with this guy. Does that make sense? We had some commonalities. So look for commonalities. As you're asking questions, things are going to come up that you can build bridges with this person. And when you see those things, appropriately build the bridge and then backtrack to let them keep talking. But establish a little common ground with them. Strive to relate to where they're at. Okay, finally, H is help. Okay? You could do all these pretty much with any person you don't know, right? And start a conversation, get to know them. Help. You could either help somebody that needs your help, <coughs> or if you need help, you could ask for help. Both ways, you're meeting somebody new. The other day, I forget where it was, but I, I was trying to carry something or something. I forget the situation exactly, but somebody asked, can I help you? And I didn't know the person. And I said, no, no, I got it. And then I thought, you idiot, man. <laughs> that was a great opportunity to meet a new person. But my pride wanted to say, I can carry these 19 things alone, you know? So be willing to, to be humble and ask for help if you need it. Or to ask them if you can help them if they need it. Okay, finally, guys, those are all some good principles. I hope that they help you meet new people. But I wanna I wanna end with this one summary statement. It's our it's 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 important for us to take the initiative. Does that make sense? God has called each one of us to take the initiative to meet new people. We can't wait for new people to come to us. We have to take the initiative to meet new people. Matthew 28, 19, Jesus tells us, go and make disciples of all nations. Go. So the Great Commission starts with go. Not stay, not wait in your church, not wait in your sanctuary, wait in your living room, but go. We need to take the initiative to go out away from our comfort zones and meet new people. So finally, the application for this week would be to meet somebody new and get to apply some of these things, get to know them, and then invite them to connect tomorrow night.